Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Philip Katafimo with Believe in Angels on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in L.A. and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? So, uh, what a interesting rant I had last week about the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, things have gotten a lot better since then. It's just like, you know, I, I don't know, as a diehard Lakers fan, and I'm not afraid to admit that I'm a Lakers fan. I know I'm pretty coy about my other favorite teams outside of baseball, I guess. But, um, uh, you know, I just it just gets a little frustrating because the Lakers have just been in this period where they've been really bad. They missed the playoffs last season after signing LeBron James. And now uh, I, I have my doubts is just where I'm going to leave that. But we're not going to be talking basketball at all on this show today. We're going to be talking exclusively baseball. And we're going to start up at the top with, the, uh, with Game 6. I mean, this is turning out to be a fantastic World Series. A historical World Series. I'm pretty sure this is the only World Series where the away team has won every single game. The Nationals beat the Strohs in Game One and Two in Houston. Houston sweeps the series in Washington three to go up uh, three two. And then and then last night the Nationals doing a great job of tying this bad boy up three three. Now we're getting another Game Seven World Series. This is the second seven game World Series the Astros have had to be in, had to play in. Uh, which is uh, interesting for the Astros. I mean, I, I personally thought that this series, I don't know if I said five or six games, I knew it was going to go longer. It wasn't going to be a sweep. But I, I honestly kind of figured the Astros would handle the Nationals pretty well because the Nationals had a lot of unproven guys who had not had a lot of World Series experience. Most, if not all, of the Astros have been in the World Series. I know there's a there's a few that haven't. But, uh, yeah, um, it, it was a an interesting game. Uh, Justin Verlander continues his struggles in the World Series, has yet to win a single game uh, as a pitcher in the World Series, so I think he's 0-6 now. He went five innings, had five hits, three on runs, including that huge bomb that Juan Soto crushed into uh, right field. I mean, Juan Soto's got to be one of the best players in baseball. I absolutely love Juan Soto. He's finally 21. He turned 21 in between shows. How fun is that? I said he was 20. I was right. He turned 21 not too not too recently. So if you know Juan Soto, let him know that everybody here at Believe in Angels, a.k.a. myself, want to wish him a belated happy birthday. So happy birthday, Juan Soto. Um, but uh, it was a, a dominating performance from uh, Steven Strasburg. Eight innings pitched, five hits, two earned runs, seven strikeouts. This is Steven Strasburg's first World Series. I think this is his second World Series appearance, if, if memory serves me correct. Uh, he pitched great. Sean Doolittle came in and finished the game out. Uh, obviously, Juan Soto, kind of the hero of the night, uh, one for five with uh, that big home run. He, he needed a base hit. He hadn't had one all night. He finally gets one. He sends it over the wall to put the Nationals up. So uh, very, very good for the for the uh, Washington Nationals. Houston Astros, on the other hand, uh, are looking to... Well, I mean, not even looking. They need to win tonight if they want to win the World Series. Uh, getting some pretty poorish performances from Jose Altuve going 0 for 3, Michael Brantley going 0 for 4, Yuri Guriel, and he went 0 for, uh, 0 for 3. Uh, Jordan Alvarez only didn't have a hit at all, only had a walk. I know that these guys are going to go 4 for 4, 5 for 5 every single night. I understand that. But when you need hitting and your best hitters aren't hitting, it's tough to win games. That's an obvious statement, but it's what happened. They, their best hitters were not hitting, and they weren't, and, and the guys that were hitting were just not doing enough. And you can't score... I mean, I guess you could technically win the game with just one hit. I mean, walk-offs. But uh, if you're down, it's hard to get back up when guys aren't getting on base and the guys who are supposed to hit these guys in are not getting hits. But anyway, uh, Verlander continues his struggles. A lot of pitchers used for the Astros last night. Uh, Peacock, Will Harris made an appearance. Ryan Presley, 
Um, Davinsky made an appearance. Uh, so it'll be interesting. It's going to be all hands on deck for both teams. So we're probably going to see if Verlander can pitch. They might put him in there potentially. Uh, we might see uh, Garrett Cole. I know that Zach Greinke is starting tonight, but I'm serious. All hands on deck means all hands on deck. Everybody is going to pitch if need be. We might even see Jordan Alvarez go out there and throw a couple innings if need if, if needed. But uh, it's going to be an exciting Game 7. I am extremely interested to see what happens at the end of this game. I was real certain that the Astros were going to handle it. But you know what? I'm kind of on the fence of, of, like, I want the Nationals to win. I really love Ryan Zimmerman. He's been with the team since the beginning, and I feel like he deserves a World Series ring. So, uh I guess go Nats. I'm, I'm jumping on the bandwagon. Let's get into the managerial talks. I know that the Angels managerial situation has already been sort of handled, and not even sort of handled. It has been handled. Joe Mann is the Angels' new head coach, which is awesome. Uh, but there are some other teams still looking for some managers. The Giants are looking at Bob Green, who's the bench coach for the Dodgers, Gabe Kapler, who is the former head coach of the Phillies, and Joe Espada, who is the bench coach for the Houston Astros currently in the World Series. I think all three of those options are great options. Bob Green has got managerial experience. He managed the A's for a long time. He was a part of um, uh, Terry Collins. He was the bench coach for the Mets when the Mets were doing really well. Uh, and then he went over to coach with Dave Roberts for the uh, with the Dodgers. Uh, and then Gabe Kapler, I think, is still got a lot to prove as a manager. Very capable hitting coach. Um, but was kind of thrown into a situation with the Phillies where they wanted to get good really, really fast, and it didn't work out, and management had to point the fingers at somebody, and they pointed him at Gabe Kapler, and unfortunately, he got released. Uh, so I think, uh, oh, and also Joe Espada, who's the bench coach for the Astros, obviously, uh, he probably comes with a wealth of knowledge sitting under A.J. Hinch. Uh, I-, I like Joe Espada. I think he'd be a great first-time manager stepping into a role behind Bruce Bochy, and uh I mean, it's always fun to see what a first-time manager can do. Obviously, last season, Alex Cora stepped in and managed the Red Sox to a World Series ring. So I'm curious if maybe Joe Espada can kind of turn the tides for the uh, San Francisco Giants and lead them to a World Series appearance at least. Um, but they're probably a couple years away from from being competitive again. But anyway, uh, the Mets are also looking for a manager. I mentioned this last show that uh, Eduardo Perez is kind of the leading candidate right now for the New York Mets. Uh, he is currently an analyst on ESPN, a uh, former baseball player. I don't think he's managed, um, but I, I, definitely not as a manager. I don't know if he's ever been a bench coach or a hitting coach, but uh, it's definitely interesting. Again, we've seen first-time managers step in. I don't, I, I can't think off the top of my head the last time we had a first-time manager ever, like a guy who's not even coached in the minor leagues, uh, has only been coaching his son in Little League and now stepping into the managerial role. But uh, Aaron Boone, I guess, is the closest I can kind of put together as terms uh, in terms of like first-time guys who had only really played, never managed before, never really coached. Um, and Aaron Boone, I mean, the Yankees almost made the World Series. So Eduardo Perez will be stepping in with a very, very talented Mets team, uh, taking over where Mickey Calloway left off, and uh, that'd be really interesting. Tim Boger is another one that's uh, kind of new, Nationals' first base coach. Uh, obviously, really anytime you get a team in the World Series, a lot of teams want to kind of poach as much as possible. And we're going to see it again here. I mean, Dennis Martinez was the former Cubs coach when they went, former D- Cubs pitching coach when they went to the World Series, and then he went over to the Nationals. Chris Woodard, the third base coach for the Dodgers, went over to the Rangers. I mean, the examples continue and continue, but, uh, you know, it, it happens a lot. So, Tim Boger, obviously, a lot of these coaches from the Nationals and the Astros are going to be talked about becoming managers. So, uh, I'd be interesting to see what Tim Boger does. Uh, Carlos Beltran is another guy, no coaching experience, but is looking to 
to be a manager. He has played with the Mets for a long time, was with them when they were really, really competitive in the mid-2000s. Uh, so he's obviously got connections to the team. Derek Shelton is a was the former Twins coach. Uh, he stopped. He was not the Twins coach in 2019. 2018, he was let go. Uh, but he was the former Rays hitting coach when Joe Madden was there. So Derek Shelton's kind of gotten some... Some sort of traction as being the Mets, one of the Mets' managers, managerial candidates. I definitely don't think he's on top of that list. I think if they miss out on Eduardo Perez and Tim Boger, they'll probably go after whoever. I mean, the Giants, I mentioned Joe Espada, would probably be on the list there for the Mets. And obviously, Carlos Beltran is a little bit better of an option than Derek Shelton. Uh, no, no offense to Derek Shelton, but you got uh, a little bit more interesting options uh, as opposed to him. But uh, speaking of managers and that are making decisions, Mickey Calloway is now the Angels pitching coach, and I could not agree more with that decision. I could not be happier with that decision. Uh, I, I absolutely love the addition of Mickey Calloway. Um, Terrible as a manager. I will say that at the top. 77 and 85 in 2018 in his first season with the Mets. 86 and 76 with the the Mets in 2019. Made some moves at the deadline to try to get back into being competitive, but the Mets were riddled with injuries. Uh, And unfortunately, again, it's the same thing where management wants to point the finger, so they point the finger right at Mickey Calloway, and he was let go. Uh, he is a phenomenal pitching coach. Just to give you some statistics here, uh, first and foremost, Mickey Calloway, a former pitcher with the Angels, so he's already got connections with the team. Uh, he was with the team in 2 but I don't think he was he was traded. I think he was traded midseason, so he didn't get a chance to win a World Series with them, but uh, was the pitching coach for the, uh, the Indians from 2013 to 2017. Let me run you down some statistics as to why I love Mickey Calloway. 2013, his first season as pitching coach with the Mets, 7th in wins, 15th in ERA. Uh, Justin Masterson has one of his, one of his best seasons. Ubaldo Jimenez. No one pitched. No one had less than nine wins that season, and that's that's very very impressive for a first time pitching coach. 2014, 12th in wins, 14th in ERA. 2015, 16th in wins, eighth in ERA. So they go they go down in wins, but up in ERA. In 2016, the year they lost to the Cubs, fourth in wins, seventh in ERA, and then 2017 they topped that second in wins, first in ERA. This is why I love Mickey Calloway. The Angels have a lot of young pitchers. This is a guy who can steer them in the right direction, give them the the time that they need, the development that they need to where young guys like Dylan Peters and Griffin Canning can have nine game nine win seasons and then maybe 12 win seasons the year after. This is a huge win for the Los Angeles Angels and every single Angels fan should be excited at the potential that Mickey Calloway has with this young pitching staff. Not to include the fact that they may add Garrett Cole and possibly Steven Strasburg. I feel like every pitching free agent has to be at least in the conversation about going to the Angels. Uh, Same thing with relief. I mean, you you cannot... There's no way that this is a negative for the Angels. This is just going to help them even more. You've got a hitting guru in Joe Madden. I mean... Right now, if you're not buying stock in the Angels, start buying stock because they're going to be a very, very well-improved team next season than they were this past season. It's going to be an incredible year for the Los Angeles Angels, and I'm going to say that right now. They they may not win the World Series. They may not make the make the playoffs. They may probably be wild card contenders of anything, but they are making great strides right now for the next for the three years and hopefully on that Joe Madden is there. The Angels are going to be better each year. With that being said, I thought it'd be great to kind of talk about some of the free agents that are coming up for the uh, for the Los Angeles Angels and and for a lot of teams, of course. But uh, I put together a list. Uh, it's a short list, but it is a list nonetheless of some of the free agents that I think the Angels should use should sign. Uh, and the list breaks down like this. 
There's the really want free agents, and then there's the realistic free agents. So uh, first of all, some of the free agents for the Angels, Trevor Cahill is a free agent. Cole Calhoun is finally a free agent. Uh, yes, Mario, I'm saying that wrong, Pettit is a free agent. Justin Bourne, who was a mediocre signing last year, is a free agent. J.C. Ramirez is a free agent. Luis Garcia, Josh Thol, who's a catcher. Drew uh, Hutchinson is a free agent, and Josh Zed is a free agent. So there's a you know not a, a big need for the Angels. Uh, it's going to be more of kind of like filling roles for guys. Uh, Cahill bounced from the starting rotation to the relief. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they bring Trevor Cahill back on sort of like a cheap contract just to sort of fill out the rosters with uh, with with pitchers. Uh, Cole Calhoun, I don't see coming back to the Angels. I know a lot of Angels fans love him. He's a fan favorite, but in all honesty, it's time to move on. Uh, and then everybody else is just sort of like bounced from the minor leagues up and down. Uh, Justin Bourne obviously was kind of a waste of time. But uh, okay, let's get to my list. Uh, First of all, let's get let's let's get excited here. Let's go with the really really want free agents. This is the guys that I really want them to sign and fully understand that it may not happen. Number 1 on that list is Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole is the guy to get in the free agency class this year, especially with pitching. There's a lot of great pitching free agents available, uh, but uh, I think Garrett Cole, out of all of them, is the guy to get. I, I know that you know Strasburg is available, Ryu is available, uh, Zach Wheeler has been talked about a lot, Jake Odorizzi. Uh, there's there's a bunch. There, trust me, there's a lot of pitching diversity this season, which is awesome. There's a couple guys who want to prove themselves. There's a couple veterans who want to make one last run at a championship. So it's a very diverse pitching class this season, um, but uh, Garrett Cole has got to be the, the guy. He's, he's got to be the guy you get. Uh, if you're going to get any free agent, Garrett Cole's got to be at the top of your list, and it should be at the top of the list for the Angels. And hopefully this is the season where Billy Epler opens up the, the pocketbook and decides to sign some of these guys. I mean, he talked about it recently that he was this was the year they were going to open up the pocketbook and start signing guys. I mean, a couple contracts are coming off the books, Calhoun's specifically. So go after Garrett Cole. You implement Garrett Cole in that rotation. You've already got a guy who can possibly win you 20 games, maybe in the high teens. Uh, you, you pair him up with Mickey Calloway, one of the best pitching coaches in baseball. So uh, Garrett Cole's got to be the, the 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 guy to get if you're going to get anyone. Another guy that's on my list is Nick Castellanos. He comes over from the Tigers. I got a chance to see Nick Castellanos in one of his final games with the Detroit Tigers. They were playing against the Angels. Uh, the guy is an absolute hitting machine. Going back to the uh, AL is going to be great for him because he can play right field. He can also DH. He's got a lot of power. He's relatively young. And Nick Castellanos can fill in perfectly since Cole Calhoun is more than likely not going to come back to the Angels. Another one is Josh Donaldson. Third base has, was kind of a question mark for the Angels coming up. Uh, I know that Matt Theus has played a fantastic third base for the Angels, and if, honestly, they wanted to roll with Theus and not sign a third baseman, I'm perfectly fine with that. I'd love to see what he can do in a full season as the starting third baseman. Uh, there's been some talks about him maybe moving over to first, but keep him over at third, and if they decide to move him over at first and keep Pujols as a full-time DH, uh, then sign Josh Donaldson. I mean, Donaldson is, is coming close to the end of his career, but the guy still hits like an absolute monster. He's going to be the next Nelson Cruz, the guy that somehow keeps finding his way onto, rotate, uh, onto starting lineups and in the DH spot. And him going back to the AL will lengthen his career uh, a lot further because he'll get a chance to play third base for a couple seasons and then move into the DH. But don't sign him for a huge contract, maybe two or three years at the most. Uh, I, I know that Anthony Rendon is another one. He's definitely on my list. Uh, I very much like Anthony Rendon, but I, I, I just feel like Josh Donaldson just fits a little bit better. Next is Dylan Batances. And this is this is I know he's in my really want, and I know that Aroldis Chapman is also a free agent. And let me clarify, Dylan Batances is on a possible prove me. Um, he is on a, a prove me basis. A lot of injuries 
for Dylan Batances this season. The guy's made four All-Star games. When he's healthy, he's great. And I like Dylan Batances a lot. Uh, I think he's a great pitcher. He's not super old. Uh, I know he's battled a lot of injuries, but I feel like if you can get him on a prove-me contract one year, you give him one year, maybe two, just to get a chance to get healthy again, you put him in the closer role, the Angels have a shutdown closer. I I really like Dylan Batances. Before his injury in 2018, posted a 2.70 ERA. He had four wins on the season. That's the third most he's had in his career. The guy is, is fantastic. He had four straight All-Star appearances. Yeah, at 2017, he had one of his better years. 2015, of course, was his best year. He still hasn't gotten to that point yet. But I think if Betances can stay healthy, he can really prove that he's a great closer again. If he can stay healthy, he will prove that he can be a phenomenal closer, and it just benefits the Angels again. It's sort of like with what they did with Matt Harvey. What they were hoping to get out of Matt Harvey was that phenomenal pitching performance in like 2015 or 16 or whatever it was. They were trying to get that out of Matt Harvey. They signed him to a Prove Me contract, and it didn't work out. And guess what? They're not on the books anymore for Matt Harvey. Same thing you can do with Dylan Batances. If he sucks, you let him go. If he's great, even better for you. So that's why he's on my really want list. I know that Aroldis Chapman would be the obvious, the, the very obvious uh, choice here because, I mean, Aroldis Chapman is is the closer. But uh, I, I got to say, I, I very much like uh, Dylan Batances a lot as opposed to Aroldis Chapman. Now, in my realistic options, you can put Batances in both of these lists, but my more realistic options, uh, first and foremost, Hunjin Ryu. I think he is a guy who can step in for the Angels. He had a phenomenal season this year with the Dodgers. Uh, You put him with the Angels. I think he can repeat that. I think now that Ryu is a lot healthier, um, you implement him in that lineup, uh, potentially put him below Andrew Heaney. Um, so, I mean, either way, in that rotation, I feel like Ryu just makes them better. Uh, like I said, he had one of his best career statistical seasons this year. For sure, MLB player, comeback player of the year candidate. Um, and, I, and again, I feel like he can continue that with the Angels. He's still in Los Angeles. He doesn't really have to move too far. It just seems like a really good realistic option for the Angels to, to sign Hinjin Ryu to a, like a three-year deal and then... He'll more than likely retire. I think he's in his, his early 30s right now. Anyway, another one that I really like is Jake Odorizzi. Uh, Jake Odorizzi had a really, really good season this year for the Twins. Uh, he posted a 3.51 ERA, one of his lowest. He won the most games he's ever won in his MLB career with 15 wins. So he's coming off a very, very good year. Uh, his first All-Star appearance as well. I think you can get him. Uh, if you miss out on Garrett Cole and Zach Wheeler and, I guess, Madison Bumgarner, you can go after Jake Odorizzi. He can come in and be the ace of the staff. I, I really like Odorizzi as, as sort of like another, you know, low-cost, high-ceiling kind of signing. Another signing I really like, Yasiel Puig. You stick him in right field. The Wild Horse has got a lot a lot of good years in front of him. I think he's he he can really step in and sort of become a new fan favorite for the, for the Los Angeles Angels. He was beloved in in LA with the Dodgers maybe wasn't really needed for LA later in his career I'm not really sure they had a lot of outfielders and just kind of got cast off and was traded to Cincinnati and then got traded to Cleveland Yasiel Puig is great in the playoffs he's a charismatic guy he's a guy who loves playing baseball uh, I know a lot of people have questions about his character but in all honesty I feel like you implement Yasiel Puig with the Angels you get a very stern coach like Joe Joe Madden a guy who while is very business forward is also kind of a relaxed personality I think that's a perfect fit for the Angels to sign Yasiel Puig and stick him in right field. Another signing, Adam Eaton. Uh, he's coming off of a, uh, and, uh, you know another guy who struggled with injuries, but uh, he's coming off of a healthy season, 151 games. Uh, he, he had 
He hit 15 home runs, his most in his career with the uh, um, with the Washington Nationals. I'm reading statistics and trying to say these things, but uh, look, you put Adam Eaton in right field. He's a guy who can hit in your leadoff spot. He can hit at the bottom of the order. It doesn't really matter. He's a solid contact hitter. He's only been in the league for eight years, so you can sign him for a few more. Uh, I really like uh, uh, the signing, possible signing of Adam, Adam Eaton. There is one more thing I want to talk about, and it is the NCAA paying athletes to uh, lease their uh, their their likeness and and profit off their faces and whatever. Uh, I'm perfectly fine with it. I'm super happy that it's happening. Good for NCAA athletes. Make a little money while you're in college. You're going to make money when you're in the pros anyway. Uh, they're not going to have to worry about student loans. I was going to say pay off your student loans, but they're athletes. They don't need to worry about student loans. But uh, good for them. What's even better for us, I'm a huge fan of college sports games. Potentially might be coming back to those, which is awesome. And the connection to this show and NCAA, NCAA 2007, Jared Weaver was on the cover, and he played for the Angels. That's how you make a connection, everybody, and that is how you segue to the end of the show. I want to thank you for listening. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. You can follow us on Spotify. Any other? I only I only really use Spotify, so everything else I don't know really if you you subscribe or if you follow or if you like I don't know whatever. But do those things. Uh, we're available on your favorite directories: iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com, and on social media on Instagram and Twitter at Believe Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Intern underscore Phil. Please tweet at me. I'd love to put together a fan engagement section, a fan mailbag. Tweet me your questions. They can be baseball related. They can be related to NCAA 2007, which isn't better than NCAA 2006. Tweet at me. Send me those questions. I'd love to get together and and I'd love to put together a fan-centered segment where I'm not just rambling all the time. It's me answering questions and and actually giving some substance to the show. But uh, look, I I really appreciate everybody who listens. Um, I I love doing the show. I love talking baseball. I love talking sports in general. Uh, And to get an opportunity to talk and and speak to you about this is, is awesome. So I really appreciate everybody who tunes in every single week to hear me jumble and ramble and rant and and confuse my words and go back on things i I really appreciate you tuning in uh and and i'll say one more thing if you're interested in advertising on the show contact believe at believe.com like i said we've got a bunch of awesome shows on the network we've got a show about my alma mater grand canyon university we've got a show on my favorite football team the 49ers we've got a show about the lakers obviously the angels i'm currently doing it we've got a show about ncaa about gymnastics which it was awesome. We've got shows about yoga. We've got shows about fitness and health. And if you can think of a topic, I'm pretty sure we've got it covered on Believe uh, on the Believe Network. So with that, I'm still terrible at closing out this show. I want to say thank you again for listening. And with that, we'll see you again next time. And uh, I'm going to say goodbye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.